First of all, some good news. Yesterday, we reported that Chapel Hill police had been searching for a missing woman, Jennifer Parsons. Police have since reported that she has been safely found. Well, we're still technically awaiting the official word, but it does appear that UNC Chancellor Kevin Guskowitz is set to leave Chapel Hill to take over as president at Michigan State University. MSU Board of Trustees has called a special meeting for 8 o'clock this morning. Multiple outlets are reporting the trustees will vote then to approve the hire. Originally known for his research on concussions and brain trauma, which won him a MacArthur Genius Grant in 2011, Kevin Guskowitz has served as UNC's chancellor since early 2019. During his tenure, he's overseen the university's response to COVID-19, the ongoing removal of white supremacist symbols on campus, a record-setting $5 billion capital campaign, and the launch of the Carolina Across 100 initiative to address major issues affecting residents statewide. But he's also butted heads with UNC's increasingly conservative Board of Trustees, not to mention the system's Board of Governors, largely over issues related to racial diversity on campus. He'd be leaving UNC for another institution that has had its own issues. Michigan State has cited through four presidents in the last six years, and the last permanent president, Samuel Stanley, resigned last year with a public statement slamming their board of trustees. Assuming Guskowitz does leave, the next step for UNC is for system president Peter Hans to appoint an interim chancellor, then he'll select a 13-member committee to conduct a search for a permanent replacement. All of that still technically up in the air, still awaiting the word from the Michigan State Board of Trustees. Their meeting is at 8 o'clock this morning. Over now to Hillsboro, where a former Cedar Ridge High School student has been charged with making threats against the school on social media. Orange County Sheriff's Office says multiple tips from community members led them to a series of threatening social media posts by 18-year-old Kenyon Cameron, who's now facing a charge of communicating a threat of mass violence on educational property. His first court appearance is set for this afternoon. Cedar Ridge Principal Anna Riggs says there will be an increased law enforcement presence at the school today, just in case. Now we turn to elections, as today marks the halfway point in the filing period for candidates who want to run for office next year. Just one candidate filed yesterday, Republican Laura Pichardo, for Greg Meyer's seat in the state Senate. You can get an updated list of all the local candidates on our website, chapelborough.com. In Carborough, next year's November election will also include a special election to fill a vacant seat on the town council following Barbara Fouché's election as mayor. Councilmember Danny Nowell was the one who proposed that solution, though we also said the town might want to revisit its procedure for special elections and maybe go back to filling vacancies by appointment in the future. I would like us to revisit the town charter away from the season of an election when we do not have an open seat and move to make appointments the policy going forward. The thing that the special election doesn't address is that we still have this seat which is going to have to run twice as much and that's going to persistently be I think a bad policy outcome at any time. But given where we are in the community and with recent precedent um, and the fact that we are six and that this decision may well be better made as seven, I would like us to have a special election that gives us plenty of time to have that as equitably as possible. And then to, I would urge us to consider reamending the town charter to make the appointment the standard. That's Danny Nell speaking there. Fellow town council member Randy Haven O'Donnell defended the current policy, saying it best reflects the will of the voters. There's a lot more to this, Danny. I appreciate you saying that it's complex. It is enormously complex, especially when you take into account how sensitive we are at this moment in unprecedented history in in our democracy when we talk about asking the community to accept a council making 
a decision about a vote that they could have. The decision to hold a special election in November means there will be a vacant seat on the town council for the next 11 months. The six-person council now is off for the rest of December. They'll reconvene for their next meeting in January. Meanwhile, in Hillsborough, Mark Bell is getting set to take the oath of office as the town's new mayor at a swearing-in ceremony this coming Monday, the 11th, at 7 p.m. in Town Hall. Bell will succeed Jen Weaver, who's stepping down after four years on the job. Earlier this week, Weaver spoke with us about the challenges that still exist for the town board in the coming years. We have really big challenges in Hillsborough with affordable housing. We want it to be a place where all types of people can live, and that is just increasingly difficult. Also, our water and and wastewater needs are extremely important and uh, very expensive. So that is something we are thinking about and contending with every day and really trying to make headway on creating a more robust bicycle and pedestrian infrastructure so that that is a more viable way for people to move around Hillsborough. But I really encourage people to come out to the swearing-in ceremony. I love swearing-in ceremonies. I think there's something really special that everyone takes this same oath, this commitment to the community. And it's great to be able to support our new mayor, Mark Bell, and swearing in our commissioners, including a new commissioner in, in Megan Darrow. That's soon-to-be ex-mayor Jen Weaver speaking there. You can get the full conversation in the news on the Hill section of our website, chapelborough.com. Finally, we head to Dubai, where the COP28 UN Global Climate Conference has been ongoing for the last week, with a special focus this year on the health impacts of climate change and experts pushing wealthier countries to pay to help developing countries address their needs. Duke University's Ashley Ward spoke with 97 on the Hill from the conference about that health focus. So it's really great. We had, you know, the health day for the first time in 28 years. Uh, the UN has hosted this enormous, the world's largest climate conference, and this is the first year they've ever had a health day. So it was really great to see health integrated across conversations, you know, in every venue at COP. Um, and, you know, we continue actually to see that as we move forward in the week. Uh, tomorrow is the day for uh, urbanization, and so there will be a lot of conversations about green cities, nature-based solutions, um, you know, how we can help cities transition uh, to clean uh, energy. There will be, you know, tons of conversations, you name it, about from science and technology, from, you know, every pavilion there focused on uh, people who live in urban environments. And so, of course, on the schedule, there are quite a few um, events that, you know, that are talking about health and well-being. Uh, we are talking about people who live in urban areas and who will be affected by the climate crisis. So, yeah, I believe that health is easily integrated into all of the other aspects of COP. That's Ashley Ward speaking there. You can get the full conversation again in the News on the Hill section of Chapelboro.com. It is time now for sports, brought to you this hour by the Sheraton Chapel Hill. Today's top story is actually legal news in sports. North Carolina Attorney General Josh Stein has signed on to a federal lawsuit filed by seven states over the NCAA's transfer rule. The states are challenging the NCAA's attempt to impose a one-year eligibility delay on certain athletes who transfer, including notably UNC wide receiver Tez Walker, who missed a big chunk of this past season fighting for his eligibility. North Carolina and the other states are claiming that the rule violates federal antitrust law.
Only one game on the Tar Heel sports calendar this weekend. 24th-ranked UNC women's basketball is taking on 17th-ranked UConn in Connecticut at 5 p.m. on Sunday. We'll have that game for you right here on 97.9 on The Hill, starting with pregame coverage at 4.30. Elsewhere in sports, individual honors are coming in for several Tar Heel athletes, most notably field hockey star Riley Heck, just named South Region Player of the Year by the National Field Hockey Coaches Association. National Player of the Year honors will be announced next week. In men's soccer, Quincy Herman was named to the All-South Region first team by United Soccer Coaches. Riley Thomas made the second team and Sam Williams made the third team. And the schedule is out for UNC Baseball with their season beginning February 16th at home against Wagner. Other notable non-conference matchups include a home-and-home set against Campbell, a three-game series with East Carolina in February with each game taking place in a different city, and the annual matchup with South Carolina in Charlotte on April 9th. Conference action begins March 8th at home against Pitt and wraps up May 18th at home against Duke. Get a link to the full schedule and season ticket information on chapelborough.com. And finally in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes gave up a two-goal lead and lost at Calgary last night 3-2. The Canes continue their Canadian swing tomorrow at Vancouver. Faceoff there is set for 10 p.m.